all-time greatest loser. Yeah. He's a loser. He's a loser. His ideas were loser ideas. His military strategies were loser ideas. And he had a bad haircut and a bad mustache to boot. <laughs> it's too bad more people didn't buy his art when he was a bad artist. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, the key fact in this whole thing, I just want to read this because you'll hear a lot about the Robert E. Lee statue. Unbelievable. Saturday's protest was the culmination of a year and a half of debate over the fate of the Lee statue. A monument to remove it began when an African-American high school student started a petition, and the city council voted 3-2 in April to sell it, but a judge issued an injunction temporarily stopping the move. There's nothing happening to this statue. <laughs> Uh, this 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 protest or march because basically it was a show of of, of uh, right wing uh, violence, all of the brown shirts and some of the fascist rallies that uh, both Mussolini and Hitler had in the 1920s, is what this was about. This isn't about free speech, and it's not about the Robert E. Lee statue. Um, frankly, I don't care if they have a statue to Robert E. Lee. Uh, but if they do, show him with a white flag. Um, he's a historical figure. He surrendered at Appomattox to Ulysses S. Grant. We know the story um, that he was uh, admired at West Point and all that other stuff and that he stood up for the state of Virginia and all that. But the bottom line is... <laughs> the South lost that war. They lost that war. And... Germany lost World War II, by the way. Germany may have won the Cold War, <laughs> thanks to the United States and Soviet Union's utter stupidity in all these uh, third world countries that continues all week. Nothing good has come out of this. Three people are dead. Uh, of course, only one criminal act occurred. But these right-wing hate groups have got to go. Here's Richard Spencer. It was a huge moral victory in terms of the show of force, said Richard Spencer, the far-right figure who had come to Charlottesville to speak on Saturday morning's Unite the Right rally. Here's well, another right-wing moron. We achieved all of our objectives, said Matthew Heimbach, a founder of the Nationalist Front, a neo-Nazi group that bills itself as an umbrella organization for the white nationalist movement in an interview Saturday. We achieved all of our objectives. What objectives? Well, to cause chaos and get a bunch of free publicity, yeah. essentially. Uh, the, the, the terminology show of force says all you need to know right. about Spencer's outlook. And I've got another even more outrageous quote from him I'll get to in just a second. But when people show up with shields and batons at a march, they're not peaceably assembled. No. I mean, by definition, that is a provocation. Uh, so, obviously, many of our listeners have participated in marches and or rallies, theoretically. Yeah. They happen here from time to time in Ann Arbor uh, for various causes. And there I, was a vigil on the Diag last night. In response to in response these events, to what sure, had happened, because uh, uh, people are concerned. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a pretty serious issue, and the way it's all played out is what's 
bizarre. There's nothing surprising about any of this because this is part of the fabric of America's complex socioeconomic history, these hate groups. But what I hope is that the law enforcement officers in Charlotte, at particularly the uh, Tiki Torch uh sort of Nazi rally. Uh, yeah, that was right campus. out of Young Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean Young Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope that law enforcement uh, officers were photographing the participants. Sure. Because uh, certainly here in town, anybody out there who remembers CISPAs, the Coalition in Solidarity with the People of El Salvador. Exactly. In uh, the 1980s. Peaceful, nonviolent organization dedicated to trying to get information and news out of El Salvador and to go down there as volunteers to help people uh, being repressed by their own U.S.-supported government. But it was routine for the FBI to show up and photograph the license plates of the cars in attendance at a CISPA's meeting. Yeah. Surely this is an event, this uh, Tiki Torch Nazi rally, uh, that would merit the same kind of attention from the authorities. So... Let's hope that's going to be part of the follow-up to this. Well, and they're all linked on social media. I mean, oh it's yeah, there's already a Twitter yeah. movement to identify because a lot of students who go who attend to that university are even more concerned and troubled than the average American because this was right outside their dorm. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's it's a provocation. It's kind of loosely connected to this Ann Coulter, uh, Milo. Julianopolis nonsense from a couple of months ago about free speech on campuses. Campuses are targeted by this rea these reactionary fools because there's no other way to describe who they are. Uh, they don't have any valid ideas about policy or the United States of America. And quite frankly, their grievances about, um, you know, reverse discrimination and all the nonsense that they come up with is just factually false. There's there's no evidence of this. And unfortunately, Attorney General Jeff Sessions just a couple of weeks ago made some comments and had a press conference about going after the college universities and their admissions policies, mm -hmm. claiming that... Bias against whites? Yeah, bias against whites. So people believe this baloney. Um, the evidence of it is non-existent. You can look at just about any socioeconomic indice in, in the United States of America, and there's just simply no evidence of reverse discrimination. That's ludicrous. And of course, the only good thing about this whole fiasco, uh, at least for the time being, is that it has ended all of the silly talk about North Korea. <laughs> Another... <laughs> Which in itself, I think, Trump was quite cynically and calculatingly puffing up his chest to get the Mueller investigation out of the news last week. Sure. And so now they have to deal with this uh, and his failure to uh, specifically denounce the particular hate groups uh, associated with these tragic events in Charlottesville. And more about that in a second. But I quickly want to finish with this. Other quote from Spencer, yeah. who vowed to return to the college town, and this is in Sunday's New York Times, uh, quote, you think that we're going to back down to this kind of behavior to you and your little provincial town? No, we are going to make Charlottesville the center of the universe. Uh, is that not an explicitly hostile threat against 
not just decency, but potentially law and order. Well, Thomas Jefferson we'll made be it back. the center. Thomas Jefferson made it the center of the universe, I believe, in 1819, uh, one of his great achievements. And of course, uh, that gets lost. You know, this is the this is the home, by the way, of the University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of uh, Thomas Jefferson's great great accomplishments. I, of course, wish that the media would use the word reactionary more often um, because this phrase far right uh, sometimes I don't think gets it absolutely spot on. Um, I don't think they're far right. They're they're far wrong. Well, and, and their attempts and to sort of remarket themselves as alt right to yeah. make it almost sound like trendy, hip, and internet cool. Sure. Uh, yeah, baby, I'm alt right, and they've even got their stupid cartoon frog logo, which is itself a ripoff of a completely innocent artist who simply drew a frog that was misappropriated, and now is just Indeed. utterly devalued uh, as intellectual property for the artist. That's a whole other can of worms. Um, but uh, the continued presence of Bannon and Miller in Trump's bandwagon of uh, unqualified advisors uh, will continue to make the sort of connections between this white supremacist alt-right world and his administration quite tacit. Well, and Miller, by the way, just for the record, is uh, it was a top aide to Jeff Sessions. So this is this is the kind of loose connection between Sessions and what's really going on uh, in the Trump administration. Let's remember, by the way, that we've heard reports now uh, about the palace intrigue that suggests that uh, Steve Bannon, Miller, and even Rance Priebus were getting on Trump's case for attacking Jeff Sessions a couple of weeks ago. Um, The anti-Jeff Sessions crowd apparently were Trump's family members, so that intrigue continues. But how fascinating that Trump would turn his attention to Mitch McConnell last week. I mean, this is becoming more bizarre as we go. It's Trump, of course, has been on vacation at an appropriately named place called Bedminster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bedpanster. He's been mentally on vacation for much longer than that, of course. Hopefully he'll stay in Bedminster. I don't understand why the guy just doesn't play more golf and forget about the proclamations. Uh, Last week we heard fire and fury talk about North Korea. On Friday he had moved on to Venezuela promising uh, the use of force down there uh, for no. To what end? No one's really quite certain. What was the result of that? Uh, Latin America and South America immediately rallied around Maduro. <laughs> I mean, this guy just doesn't get it. He's Well, he got some sort of, uh, you know, a concession from China in that they have increased their sanctions on North Korea. They've announced that they're no longer going to buy steel or other grain from them or whatever. Uh, but that's not going to satisfy Trump. He's going to pound on China for and try to start a trade war. Yeah, and let's remember that North Korea, yes, they're run by a, a lunatic... <laughs> Uh, with a bad haircut, how ironic that the suspect, criminal suspect, has a haircut very similar to Kim Jong-un. But uh, I don't think he's going to be appearing in any fashion magazines anytime soon. Uh, they're throwing the book at this 
moron, uh, and appropriately so. But anyway, the Sea of Japan is under attack by North Korea. Uh, they've tested some missiles, but the notion that they can hit Guam, I, I was absolutely— That's a precision strike. That's a pretty small target. It's a pretty small target, and how appropriate that the media last week in reporting about Guam would somewhat omit the fact that the United States took over Guam as part of the Spanish-American War, that this is one of our <clears throat> colonies from the results of imperialism. Um, it was little more than a fueling station. Yeah, and of course what it serves as for the United States is a massive uh, stopover for military uh uh, Navy and Air Force. Yeah, it's a tactical base. To, it's, it's to use against uh, Asia, presumably. Um, the Sea of Japan, by the way, is is between North Korea and Japan. Uh, I don't even know that North Korea can even hit Japan yet. Uh, this is the mouse that roared. Um, it's just bizarre that this even surfaced up. I even heard talk of nuclear war for a couple of days. I'm like, what? What is going on here? Uh, I, I don't believe it. And, of course, the problem with the North Korean situation realistically is that it is a, uh, a, a situation where the United States has no good options uh, militarily. So allow the dialogue to continue. Allow the six-country talks to do what they can and cut down on the unnecessary rhetoric. Uh, if, if you, When you get into a shouting match— with an eight-year-old child, Kim Jong-un, and you're basically the eight-year-old child uh, bragging about your bigger and better military. It's really kind of silly. Um, North Korea, by the way, is surrounded by China, Russia, and South Korea. Uh, it, it, it's a landlocked country. Yeah, they uh, have regular food shortages. They so do. It's not the most robust and happy group of people who live there, I would imagine. Not at all. And, of course, it's, it's clearly a society that's under the cult of personality. Uh, very interesting just a couple of weeks ago that a bunch of tourists actually went to North Korea as part of a... Um, Marathon. Believe it or not, Pyongyang had a marathon <laughs> that some Americans and Canadian tourists participated in. Is Dennis Rodman still there facilitating these sorts of athletic events? Well, he might have been officiating at the marathon, but, <laughs> you know, go to the marathon, but don't, uh, don't stay very long. And certainly don't commit a crime there. Um, well, I think the... Uh... As, as we saw recently with the tourist that was... Jailed and ultimately poorly treated and to his yeah. death, right? Yeah, terrible stuff. And uh, I don't know, <laughs> well, let's drop the North Korea thing uh, completely. I just don't get it. And I think that it shows how desperate uh, Trump uh, is as president. I mean, what we've learned in the last several weeks is that he's uh, a man with, well, he's the emperor with no clothes. And last week he proved that he's the cl there's clothes there, but there's no emperor. <laughs> well, and his insistence on lashing out at those with whom he should be, 
forming strategic alliances, namely those within his own party, uh, just render him extremely vulnerable uh, for the weaknesses to come. Uh, his reaction to the FBI's uh, raid at Manafort's house was, oh, gee, that's kind of tough. Uh, gee, that must be hard for his family and all that. And then, of course, over the weekend, it emerges that Mueller wants to talk to Reince Priebus now. Uh, so this continues. This rolls deeper. Uh, I wonder, I, boy, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that room. Priebus, who, of course, was very tactful on the day of his ejection from the uh, Trump inner circle. Oh, I'm not going to get into, you know, why and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to continue to support the president, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he might tell a different tale behind a closed door. Well, he and might. And let's tales re- there are. Let's remember that he was not an enthusiastic backer of Donald Trump early on. Um, the Trump, The Stop Trump movement within the Republican Party uh, got started a little too late. Well, he was supposed to be the uh, sort of RNC caretaker within the administration. Yeah. Looking out for really the party's best interests. But once Trump got the nomination, he had a conversion. By the way, I just wanted to quote from this one one of the runners that participated in the April Pyongyang uh, marathon. She joined more than a thousand foreigners running in the race. Uh, She was asked, what did you see on your trip that resonated with you? She said, and this is uh, Rebecca High from L.A., North Korea was aesthetically even more surreal than I expected. Very few cars on the road. People hand-painting propaganda billboards. People on their hands and knees working vast dirt fields. They're having a drought there, by the way. Socialist Party... Uniformed citizens filling giant stadiums for mandatory sports events. I was also somewhat surprised to see the conversations we were able to have with our guides. We happened to be there without contact to the outside world because it was the week before Kim Il-sung's 105th birthday celebration during the weekend that President Trump tweeted and the Cold War escalated. (laughs) So... You know, this is uh, Trump has has tried these tactics before. Um, of course, last week he he blamed China for a couple of days. Then he blamed his predecessors, and then he began talking about fire and fury. And then on Friday he said, "You ain't seen nothing yet." I was being tepid in what I meant by fire and fury. Whoa. I don't know where the Donald has been eating his oysters lately, but he needs a change of diet. Well, you know, when you when you make an empty threat, everybody knows, oh, okay, that was an empty threat. And it renders the entire enterprise meaningless. So what was gained from his harsh rhetoric? Nothing. Sure. Nothing and of course ground was lost actually in so doing well lost and also it factually emerged that the intelligence agency that's produced all of this nonsense about north korea possibly being being able to hit guam or even los angeles uh was produced by the dia and it's a little unclear what it's actually based on um that north korea has um 
tested nuclear weapons is well established scientifically. Uh, this has been determined by seismographic uh, earthquake uh, sensors in the area. It's well established that this is going on. But what it all means, and of course, uh, Kim Jong-un, the grandson of Kim uh, Il-sung, they're hard to keep track of, these Kims. <laughs> um, he uh, saw what happened to Gaddafi. And uh, the United States, of course— Well, was, which aspect of what happened to Gaddafi? Because Reagan, well, Gaddafi way, got rid of his nuclear arsenal, supposedly. Okay. And, of course, he was toppled in the Arab Spring. We got into the thing late. but uh, Because I would say that the other thing that, quote-unquote, happened to Gaddafi was that Reagan's handlers made Gaddafi an international superstar. He sure did. Uh, he was kind of a tin-pot dictator of— uh, a country with some oil wealth, but largely uh, a tribal social structure. Uh, and that's what he remained until the end, of course. But uh, by elevating his threat, uh, made him a sort of a arch supervillain out of a fairly, you know, mediocre supervillain. Yeah. And so that's the front end of Gaddafi's, you know, what happened to him. And, and clearly Trump's hoping for the same sort of adversarial, I need a bad guy to square off against. Sure. And, you know, one of the ironies, of course, was that when Gaddafi came to the United States once with his entourage. Speak at the U.N., I think. Yeah. Speak at the U.N. and his entourage of hangers on and near duels and camels. Apparently, Gaddafi drank camel milk straight from the udder. <laughs> I needed <it> fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep those essential bodily fluids in. Well, it probably helped establish his uh, quote-unquote street cred among some of the tribal groups. He stayed at Trump Properties. Oh, of you know, course. With the camels. In luxury. <laughs> I think he might have camped on the golf course where they, Trump is right now. They may have a special camel suite there. <laughs> it's the camel suite. Uh, of course, uh, it emerged last week that we now have a better understanding of why the United States has been attacking Qatar recently, Qatar. Some people call it Cotter. Some people call it Qatar. It turns out that Trump has no financial dealings with Qatar, but he does with Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. I'd like to point out to Mr. Trump, we have our military base in Qatar, Qatar. It was moved there after we invaded Iraq. We removed our military base out of Saudi Arabia. One of the demands of Osama bin Laden, I might add, we fulfilled it. And this, I think, explains some of that, that rhetoric, because well, there's a lot of rhetoric. The situation in Venezuela, very quickly, is terrible. Make no mistake of that. Um, but threatening warfare, <laughs> that is it's completely ludicrous. just another bizarre policy. I don't know what you call it, a trial balloon, thinking out loud. Um, Trump is clearly a man grasping for a win. <laughs> and that's what's scary. It makes you wonder what his golf scores are, because he might not even be winning there. Well, he took a mulligan today on the, on the statement. Uh, he finally got a statement out that seems to have fulfilled the criteria Oh, about denouncing Nazis and KKK yeah, people? Yeah, uh, third, third time's a charm, as they yeah. say. Uh, 
And he had to read it off of a teleprompter. I mean, if you can't just off the cuff denounce neo-Nazis, yeah, then clearly something's a little weird. I mean, that in itself speaks volumes that he tried to sort of say, well, you know, everybody's being naughty. Sort of a you know generalized statement, you know. Oh, everybody uh, is is to blame. Yeah, extremists on both sides. Extremists on both sides, and you know, there's an extent to which you know the counter protesters do feed into, and that's why when the KKK came to town, we urged listeners, you and I, to stay away, ignore those morons. What they want is the negative attention. Uh, they're like the mean dog chained up to a tree that barks like crazy when you walk by. And yeah. You're just minding your own business. It doesn't do you any good to bark back at the stupid mean dog. You just keep walking. Yeah, and of course there were <laughs> bottles being thrown and bricks right. and it was potential uh situation where you could get hurt for no good reason. Uh it's now emerging by the way that apparently the uh the reactionary neo-Nazi hate groups uh led by Spencer et al uh, violated the terms of the sort of the deal that they'd they they had been given regarding the permit. They're the ones that decided to march hmm. uh, towards the counter protesters. This was the confrontation that they were uh, searching out, and I think that's why on Saturday you heard Spencer and this uh, other character that I've never heard of, Matthew. Uh, Heinbach of the National Front talking about, you know, achieving our objectives, a show of force. Um, well, one you other... can't kick us around anymore. Yeah. Well, I think most Americans uh, agree with the Blues Brothers. I hate Illinois Nazis <laughs> and uh, Nazis of any state or stripe. But it, it, again, speaks volumes that Trump took three days to specifically denounce the KKK, the neo-Nazis, and white supremacists, and that he had to read it off a teleprompter, but he very quickly denounced, uh, very specifically, a guy named Kenneth Frazier, who uh, is a CEO uh, who sits on uh, Trump's Manufacturers Council. CEO of Merck, yeah. Yeah, it's a pharmaceutical company. Uh, he resigned in protest over the mishandling of the denunciation of hate groups uh, and Trump was very quick to jump all over this guy, specifically. Yeah, and of course, he's African-American, so um, I don't know. Trump needs to <laughs> connect the dots. Sheesh. Connect the dots. I don't know that he can anymore. He's <laughs> too many dots. <laughs> he's in a ball of confusion. His hair is in his eyes. <clears throat> uh, by the way, this motto, blood and soil, yikes. <laughs> I don't know where that... It is a derivative of Bismarck, blood and iron. I mean, it's bizarre that this is their this is a new slogan of the neo-Nazi uh, groups. Um, who knows what it means? I mean, I, I you can you can infer what it means. It's obviously soil refers to land, I'm sure. But blood, what's purity? Yeah, it's purity. What's his thought? Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a very strange. Uh, and, you know, the photograph of the Nazi salute uh, while carrying a uh, tiki torch is, it's surreal. <laughs> that was the march that they had on Friday night uh, through the university 
of Virginia campus. Well, for that those was... listeners who have been uh, reading Sinclair Lewis's uh, It Can't Happen Here, um, you got a pretty good picture over the weekend of what a Minuteman looks like. <laughs> what a so-called Minuteman looks like. Yeah, and as for the shields and other uh, assorted accoutrements that a lot of these dudes were carrying, including apparently some guns and stuff, scary stuff. I don't, you know. But it also speaks to cowardice, yeah. ultimately, um, because, uh, you know, I've attended many a peaceful protest rally for various causes over the years. And there is a sort of a psychology of a mob that can be generated by a large group that's moving like that. But if you've gathered with peaceful intent, you do not have accoutrements like shields and weapons. You may have a placard and you might get loud. Um, but these guys came stirring for a fight. It's just so clear. And I think that there are some serious questions about what was actually going on with the so-called law enforcement, what were they really doing? Um, they seem to have taken a little bit of a hands-off approach, and uh, there really needs to be a kind of an investigation into what really happened. Um, I think we have a pretty good picture, but I hope what comes out of this is a, uh, a federal investigation into these groups. Um, Richard Spencer, look, this stuff is being generated on social media, um, this uh, character that was arrested apparently had plenty of, quote, memes and symbols associated with the far right on his Facebook page. Uh, he's obviously another loser in this whole um, thing. And how sad to learn that he uh, went to high school in near Union, Kentucky, which, of course, is well known for being an area close uh, to the Ohio River the Cincinnati area. Um, it, it's just another troubled youth. It's also strange that he has a haircut similar to Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Maybe he got a little hot under the collar from all the Trump talk all week. As for Mitch McConnell, wonder what he's thinking now. <laughs> yeah, he's been quiet. He's one guy that didn't really say much on mm -hmm. Sunday. A couple of uh, Republican senators, Lindsey to their credit, Graham came out to uh, Warren say, Hatch rather forcefully. Very rare for him to crit critique a sitting Republican president. Anyway, we are out of time down here on Gray Matters. Uh, thanks to the engineer who cannot be named for uh, engineering this evening. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next on WCBN FM and Arbor. All right, all right, all right, everybody, settle down. Come on now, now. Um, welcome to the weekly meeting of the National Association of WCB lovers. Yeah, it makes the heart pound faster. All right, now, if you'll all turn to page four in the manual, we will sing the club song. All right, turn to page four. That's it. All right, now, everybody ready? Here we go. I'll begin. You can join in later. Here we go. Ah, what is that? We love what sound are we extra fond of? A 
It's not any trouble, you know it's W-C-B-N. When you hear...